Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Giva Strategies for Success and the Global NAFI Coordinator. NAFI is the largest global network for women. Check out www.nafi.com. And to learn about more about me, go to www.robbymotter.com. I am so blessed that each week I get to bring you a dynamic guest with so much to share for you. Today is a special day for my show, as they are normally on Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. But I wanted to be able to bring you this dynamic guest, and she is not available on Mondays. Today, my guest, who is known to millions as Dr. Love, and whose real name is Dr. Jamie Turndorf. She has received incredible endorsements from numerous experts across the country. Welcome, Dr. Love, to the Diva Strategies for Success radio show. Hello. So wonderful to be with you. I, I just I wanted to tell everybody about your bio. I like this Jack Canfield. He says, Dr. Turndorf has relationships figured out. If you want a great relationship, you must read her book and follow her 10-step method for lasting love. I'll tell you about Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Known to millions as Dr. Love, radio and television personality, Dr. Jamie Turndorf has been delighting audiences for three decades with her engaging blend of professional expertise and spicy humor. Her success is largely due to her remarkable ability to turn clinical psychobabble into entertaining and easy-to-understand concepts that transform lives. She has authored several books on resolving relationship conflicts with partners, friends, family, members, and children. Hay House has published her latest two books, Kiss Your Flights Goodbye, Dr. Love's 10 Simple Steps to Cooling Conflict and Rekindling Your Relationship, which was published in January 2014, and her best-selling, Love Never Dies, How to Reconnect and Make Peace with the Deceived, August 2014, which introduces her new trans-dimensional grief therapy method. Dr. Turndorf's Love Never Dies radio show can be heard each Tuesday on Hay House Radio. Her Astor Love radio show is currently broadcast out of her flagship station in Seattle and in 80 countries worldwide. She is the go-to relationship expert on numerous television and online networks such as CBS, VH1, WebMD, and MSNBC. Most recently, CNN has been featuring her as the resident authority on relationship advice and human behavior. Let me ask you some questions. Are there certain people who especially need to reconnect and stay connected? You mean you're talking about reconnect with those in spirit, I assume you mean, right? Right, right. Right. Yes, of course. Uh, I, I say we all need to reconnect and stay connected, but certainly children who have lost parents, parents who have lost children, the elderly who may not wish to form another primary attachment, anyone who's had a loved one ripped from him or her due to sudden accidental death or illness, and most of, especially if anyone has unfinished business, which as a shrink I know millions of people worldwide have unfinished business with somebody who left his body before we had a chance to work it out. And so Love Never Dies shows you not only how to reconnect, but also how to make peace. 
with the deceased. It's the first method really in the world for doing this. If we open the door to the spirit realm, do we run the risk of meeting evil spirits? <laughs> That's a big fear, you know. That is definitely a fear and unfounded. The, the the whole notion of evil spirits is really a manufacturing of the human mind. Uh, my husband, you know, I really should back up because for everybody listening who doesn't know my story, I was married for almost 30 years to one of the most famous former Jesuit priests in history. And Jean was actually a religious pioneer. He taught at the Vatican. He founded a movement called Liberation Theology designed to fight church oppression from within. And he actually launched international fame when he publicly opposed the Pope and the Catholic Church as they were trying to block the legalization of divorce. And he didn't want to see women trapped in marriages where they were being abused, so he fought on the grounds of religious freedom. The church should butt out of the private sector. And uh, he won, and he got the divorce bill passed changed the course of Italian history. So this man was a serious, serious religious scholar. Now, after he fought and won, the Pope granted him the dispensation of his vows. He left the Jesuit order and the priesthood, and he was recruited by Vassar College to serve as their chair of the Department of Sociology. Now, I had um, a vision of this man, Jean Pin. I saw him as a premonition from the time I was a young girl. I knew the guy I was going to marry, so I just waited for him to appear. And he did appear on the first day of my freshman year at Vassar College. I'd been shut out of all intro sociology, and the secretary said, go ask the department chair, Jean Pin, if he can find a spot for you in one of the closed sections. Well, the minute I stepped into Jean's office, I felt the first and only out-of-body experience of my life. I felt my soul shooting at high speed through a tunnel to the end of my life. And when I shot back into my body, I received the message, remember every aspect of this meeting, he's going to be everything to you one day. And then I forgot all about it. And soon after we met, I found out who he had been for most of his life. Now, I have to say to everybody listening and to you that I was raised in a completely different background. I was raised by two, two devout atheist parents. They were devoutly atheist. They taught me not to believe in God or the afterlife. Okay, And uh, the only religion my parents practiced was religiously hating each other's guts. So I was in a completely different background from Jean. Now, in my senior year, I needed help with the statistical portion of my thesis, and I had heard that, among other things, Jean had been a very, very eminent statistician, having founded the Vatican's first and only social research center. So I asked him if he would help me with the statistics for my thesis, and even though he wasn't my advisor, he happily gave me his time, and within a couple of weeks, we knew we were perfect for each other. We were twins separated at birth. We were soulmates. We were made for each other. So we spent the next 27 years together, crazy for each other, and then in the last year of his life, Jean and I began having premonitions he was going to die of an accident. We just didn't know when or where. So we left for Italy, and while we're on the beach on vacation, his hand is up over his forehead as if to block the rays of the sun, and the next thing I know, a bee swoops down and stings his left palm at the exact location of Christ's stigmata. And I now watch my beloved suffocate to death in front of my eyes. And the trauma of having him ripped from me 
is so horrendous, there's no way to describe it. So I go back to the hotel room, and I'm hysterical. I'm shaking, I'm crying, I'm trembling. And the next thing I know, I feel that man's hand stroke the entire length of my spine. Now, I know what I felt. I sit bolt upright. I look over my shoulder. I don't see anything. But he was there in spirit form, and he has been with me from that moment on, ever since. And he has been making, to this day, such outrageously amazing manifestations of his spirit presence. It proved to me we don't die, and therefore our relationships aren't meant to end in death. And so that is why I created my new transdimensional grief therapy method where I show the bereaved how to say hello, not goodbye, to loved ones in spirit. And as a shrink, I also know that um, we have unfinished business, so I show the bereaved how to not only reconnect without a channeler, without a medium, without a psychic, but I show them how to make peace with the deceased. So that's love never dies in a nutshell. So to come back to the question that you asked, is there any reason why there would be danger in reconnecting? It's quite the contrary. So in the second part of love never dies, I go through all the false teachings and all the wrong beliefs and, um, and I help people overcome any kind of block that would stop them from reconnecting. There is no such thing as the devil. There may be spirits who are less evolved, but our loved ones in spirit are here to protect us and guide us and wrap us in love, and there's no danger in reconnecting. There is only love. Wow, that's powerful. Why do yeah. some spirits seem to come through stronger than others? Well, that's because... Uh, they just have perfected the ability to energetically communicate. <laughs> and also, too, if they have unfinished business, they'll beat down our doors to try to help us work it out. They will come through to support us and guide us because they're very often our spirit guides. And in my case, uh, if the love connection is very strong, they will find it easier to come through. But even if you don't have a strong connection, even if you have unfinished business, I show you in Love Never Dies how to work it all out. How long did it take you to write Love Never Dies? I didn't even think about it. I just started recording Jean's miracles, and I just kept on writing, and I didn't stop. <laughs> That's how I, I did it. And it, I'm sure it took me years to record it all because there's so much that's been happening. And now on my Hay House radio show, which is called Love Never Dies, every week I share the latest miracles of the week because obviously they're not in the book because they keep on happening. Do you want me to share a couple of these miracles for the, for everybody would, listening? Yes, I would love okay. to. Okay, so this would be good so you get an idea of what I'm talking about. So the first part of Love Never Dies, I pick up where I left off on the night that I felt him stroking my spine, and I come home, and the first night back in our bed, for the first time alone without him in 27 years, I hear Jean speaking to me, and he's quoting something. I go downstairs the next morning, and he says to me, Jamie, I want you to open the back door. I want to show you something. So I open the door, and I see a chipmunk sitting on the stoop. And he's not acting like a normal chipmunk would. He's not freaked out. He doesn't run away. He's frozen as if in a trance. And the next thing I know, that little creature begins to mimic my husband's death experience. He's ripping at his little face with his little hand, pulling at his face the way my husband was ripping at his face to try to get the oxygen mask off his face because he was suffocating. For 20 minutes, I watched this little creature mimicking my husband's bodily departure. And, of course, I'm crying my eyes out. The next thing I know, oh. after 20 minutes of this, 
the little animal visibly coughs up a wonk of mucus, and he's fine. And I knew then that this was my husband's way of telling me, Jamie, I'm fine now. I'm okay. And I realized at this moment that spirits can communicate with us through what I call open vessels. Animals, both domestic and wild, are open vessels to channel the message from spirit. Now, the next thing that happened was I had to fax Jean's death certificate to Verizon to take his name off the account. I had made many multi-page faxes throughout the day. No problem. But when I went to fax his death certificate, the cover letter faxed without a hitch, but the death certificate would not fax. So I try again with the obit. Again, the cover letter faxes without a hitch, but then the obit won't fax. I try 20 times. Finally, I just give up. The next day, I go to the lawyer's office, and I don't say why. I just hand the documents to the secretary, and I say, could you do me a favor? Could you fax this for me? The secretary says, sure, and I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and after 20 minutes, all the secretaries come out of the back, and they're all crying. They said, Jamie, we have tried 20 times. Each time, the cover letter faxes without a hitch, but neither the death certificate nor the obit will fax. He is trying to tell you he's not gone. (laughs) So now I come home, and I again have to fax to another location, and again he hangs up his death certificate. So I stop the fax, and I say out loud to him, Listen, Jean, I think you're trying to tell me that you are still here and you keep stopping the facts from going through because I keep forgetting. If I promise to try to remember you're still here with me, will you let this facts go through in its entirety? I cancel the facts. I feel a tidal wave of love pour into me, which I know is Jean's way of saying, okay, Jamie, I heard you and I will let it go through. I reissue the facts. It goes through perfectly. So I'm starting wow. to realize... I know, and I'm starting to realize now I'm on a very wild ride with Jean. Strangers start walking up to me and saying to me, your husband says, tell our story. They don't know me. They don't know I'm a widow. They don't know anything. They just say it over and over again. Now, I'm driving in my car one day, and I feel for the first time in my life the need to pray to Jean for my friend Emily. They didn't know each other. They never saw a picture even of each other. But I feel the need to pray, and I say to him, please help my friend Emily find love. Now, I look at the clock, and it says 545. And at that moment, I feel a tidal wave of love again pouring into me. And I know it's Jean's way of saying, I heard your prayer. That night, Emily telephones me. She says, Jamie, you will not believe what happened. I said, what happened, Emily? She says, at 5.45 exactly, I fell into a trance and your husband appeared to me. She describes him to a T. She says, he told me, and I'm quoting, to find love, follow the gray stones to the church in your neighborhood. Now, this was flabbergasting because he was repeating the words of my prayer back to me through Emily, which was validating his presence, right? Unbelievably. So I go back to my professional group the following week where Emily's a member, and she tells this amazing story. Another member of the group, a former seminarian named Mitch Wood, says, what's the name of the church where Jean sent you? She says, oh, the Claremont Church. He says, oh, my God, the Claremont Church is New York's only liberation theology seminary. Remember I said Jean founded Uh liberation theology? So he put his stamp on the manifestation yet again. 
So now I'm just going to give you one more example. This one involves the phone. And it was early in my grief, and it was a hobby of mine to cry a lot in the beginning before I realized just how present Jean was. And I'm crying, and I'm thinking, I have to call my friend Anne. No, don't bother her. She's working. And I'm hemming and hawing in my mind for like 20 minutes. And finally, my phone rings. So I pull myself up off the, the, the closet floor, and I run to go get the phone. It's Anne. She says to me, Jamie, did you call me? I said, no, Anne, but I tell her I was thinking I had to. She said, but, Jamie, my phone rang, and your name and number appeared on my caller ID. So we were so blown away that Jean manipulated the electronics and called her on my behalf. So now, a year later, I have a really, really bad cough, and I'm thinking, I'm going to suffocate to death the way Jean did. And I say to him aloud, Jean, please, if you're here with me now, give me a sign Ring my housekeeper and do that caller ID trick right now. In two seconds, my phone rings, and it's my housekeeper, Donna. She says, did you call? I said, no. She says, but Jamie, my phone rang, and your name and number appeared on the caller ID. So we were so flabbergasted. He answered me immediately and did it. So now I go to my writer's group. I know. I go to my writer's group, and Gabe Davis, a devout Jewish atheist, has been hearing all my stories and my telephone caller ID trick stories. So he says, you know, I sure would like to see that caller ID trick repeated. And he said, this time, I would like to see whether your phone shows a record in the call log of having been manipulated to dial out even though you didn't use the phone. So I forget that he issued this request and challenge. A month later, I'm set to meet him and his wife for dinner, and I'm driving behind them. And all of a sudden, at 4.58, I feel this tidal wave of love pouring into me. And I look at the clock and I make note, it's 4.58. I get to the restaurant. Gabe runs out of his car. He rushes up to me and he says, Jamie, you will not believe what happened. I said, what happened? He said, at 4.58, my cell phone rang. I looked at the caller ID. Your name and number appeared. I answered the phone and a man's voice said, is Jamie there? Is Jamie there? He said the voice had an accent. It prolonged the syllable there. Well, Jean was French, and he did prolong that syllable. It sounded like there. He said it wasn't a real call. The voice just faded away. The call never even clicked off. He says, go get your phone. See if it called me at 4.58. So I dig into my purse, and I get my phone. And sure enough, at 4.58, Jean had manipulated the phone to call Gabe. So what is the point of all these over-the-top manifestations? I always tell everybody, Jean said to me as soon as he left his body, Jamie, let our love shine like a torch that lights the path for others. So the point is, these over-the-top manifestations are for you and for everybody listening to let you know that your loved ones are here with you too. They're just waiting for you to open the door of your heart and let them back in. Wow. So how do you work with clients to help them? So what happens is, whether the people are in my office or they're at a live retreat, um, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. It's a wild story. Or whether they are um, calling me on Hay House Radio. What we do is, you know, each week I talk about how you can be more receptive. So 
in part three of Love Never Dies, I help you just, after we've gotten past all the false beliefs and the religious teachings that stand in your way, we've cleared that away, and we talk about the science of what makes it possible so that you know this is not hokey. There's actual quantum physics to explain this, so we go through all of that. And then in part three, I show you how to make your own reconnection, and we do this by creating a state of receptivity, and I give you all the steps to make yourself more open. Because what happens is spirits, being pure energy, have the power to communicate with us through all of our senses. So the more open we are, the more we're going to be able to perceive all the signs and the messages that they're sending. So in the receptivity part, I give you fun exercises for learning how to tune to the spirit channel in your brain by opening up all your senses. I show you how to use nature, how to use twilight states, which is the time just before sleep or just upon awakening. So I show you all of that. Then the next thing we do is we learn to recognize the signs. Millions of people say to me, oh, I'm not getting any signs. And then when I list off for them all the signs, they say, oh, wow, I'm getting those. They just weren't aware. So for many people, just becoming aware of the signs is sufficient. Then the next thing we do is, well, I just want to give, you know, like signs are infinite. I have to say this because, again, freed from the human vessel, they can send signs to us in an infinite number of ways. Sounds, sense, symbolic communications, butterflies, rainbows, coins. They'll drop coins on us. I had a patient, it was the anniversary week of Jean's bodily departure, and I told her, listen, every year on the anniversary week, he drops coins on me as a sign that he's aware of what week it is, and the coins always are minted the year he left his body. And she says to me, oh, I almost forgot. Look at my cowboy boots. I was in my bedroom, she said, when a coin fell from the sky, from the ceiling and landed in my boot, and I knew it was for you. I just forgot to take it out. So I hear Jean say, you'll see, it was minted on the year I left my body. She hands it to me, and it was. So now what we do, what we do is I show you how you can actually take those signs, those static signs that they drop on us, and how we can use those signs and the earthly props like the electronic devices, and the open vessels, the animals that are open, and how we can employ all of these crops to dialogue back and forth. Now, this is the thing that the CEO of Hay House said. He's never seen anything like this, because nobody shows you how you can actually talk back and forth, rather than just sit passively and wait for a sign to be dropped on you or wait for them to come to you in a dream. You can be proactive and dialogue. So the way I show you to do this is, I put you in my meditation uh, for making contact, and we even do this, you know, on the radio show, and then we actually dialogue back and forth, and we keep talking back and forth in writing, orally, whatever way is most natural, until we achieve whatever it is we need, whether we need guidance, whether we need uh, to, to get support, but if we actually need to heal unfinished business, then the dialogue is a little more complicated, and I show you how to do this with lots of examples within the book of my other patients who have been healed dialoguing in this way. But the thing I want everybody to know that is so reassuring is we always think, oh, well, if somebody left his body before you, know, you had a chance to work it out, you're SOL, but in fact it's quite the opposite 
Often we have to wait until they leave their bodies in order to work it out because, as I discovered, in spirit form they see where they messed up. They're more evolved. How much time do we have? We only have a couple of minutes. We have like five minutes, and I want I want you to let them know how they can reach you and how to get yeah, your yeah. book. Yeah, well, I want everybody to know because most important, I want you to know it's never too late to dialogue, to heal unfinished business. And here's one other piece that is so reassuring. They are desperately wanting to work it out with us because their spiritual development and growth requires us to confront them on how they did wrong by us. And I know this because I see it again and again. They come forward and they say, I'm begging you. I can't move forward spiritually unless you tell me how I messed up. And you need to tell me. I have to face it. I can't be in peace unless I know you're healed. So that is so important. And then the last, the last thing that I want everybody to know is that they are here to really help us heal every part of ourselves, body, mind, spirit, soul, all of it. I tell the story of how Jean healed me on every level, and this couldn't have happened had he not been out of a body because now that he's out of his body, the soul essence can enter me. His love can enter me, as can your loved ones enter you more fully than when they lived in a body. So they are able to just fill you with so much love and healing. And once your well is filled to overflowing, now you have all this love to give to the world. And this never could have happened for me had Jean not been in spirit form. So that's really love never dies in a nutshell. And you asked, how can everybody find me? Easiest way is come to drlove.com, drlove.com. And when you sign up for my free newsletter, you will receive the preface and the intro of the book to just, you know, tide you over until you get the uh, full-length book because uh, the book became an overnight bestseller and it sold out on Amazon after I did Coast to Coast. So a lot of people just did the newsletter, you know, sign-ups so that they could get going with the book until they could get the actual book. So that's the main thing. You can find out everything about my show and whatever else right at AskDrLove.com. And also on your website, I'm sure it talks about you know, when your shows are on the air and how they can connect there as well. Yes, it's all there at my site. That's very much true. Yes. Well, this has been amazing. amazing. <laughs> it was quick, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I said. A half an hour goes pretty fast. Is there one last thing you would like to leave with everybody before we have to sign off? Okay, well, the one thing I would say is just you can allow this mystery to unfold by not believing everything you've been told. Just be open. Be open. Know that loved ones in spirit are one with God and the saints and whatever your orientation is. They are love, and they're here to shower you in love and help you heal and help you fulfill your destiny. That's my main message. Well, thank you so much. As I said, you've been listening to Dr. Love, and her website is www drlove.com check it out and be sure and get a copy of her book it sounds very very interesting and sign up for her free newsletter again at www.drlove.com thank, thank you, you so much. much have a good day bye 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 bye